Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the Talking Talkie podcast. Delighted to have you join us. I'm Will Taylor. I'd like to say today I'm joined by both Matthew Roberts and Stephen Dixon. It's a rarity for Steve to be here on, on Talking Talkie. So I'm delighted to say he is here. How are you, my friend? Uh, yeah, I'm all good. When I launched this podcast, we were getting uh, relegated under Gary Hours. So I think it only makes sense for me to make a few more appearances now. Now, now we're back heading that way. Exactly, exactly. It makes perfect sense. Matthew Roberts with us as well, as I mentioned. How are you doing, bud? Uh, delighted. Yeah, how are you doing? Delighted, as always. As always, mate. Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. Um, obviously, plenty to get, get into. I think the last podcast uh, we released was just after that um, Oldham game, which obviously was a, was a bit of a close one in itself. So we've got plenty to get through, obviously, coming towards uh, the Oval the game on New Year's Day and all that sort of thing, uh, where I think we might have some different opinions, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, obviously, it's a... Bit of a tumultuous time at the club at the minute. First and foremost, obviously, today did see us get a new signing and one to me that looks finally like the right sort of fit for us. It seems like the Swindon fans weren't very happy to see him go, Stephen. I mean, what, what did you make of that one? It seemed to me a, a step in the right direction. Uh, I don't want to be a, an in-the-know account, but I've got a mate who's a, a big Swindon fan uh, and he's he's surprised they've let him go and surprised they've let him go to a club languishing towards the foot of the conference um, <laughs> uh he says so uh, i mean he, he sent me a, he sent me a few things on what he think he's 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 a bit of a fan favorite there from from what i've heard and a, a bit of a creative midfielder kind of uh tricky and pacey is what he says and it looks to kind of bring creativity um which is one of those kind of players that you gravitate towards as a fan anyway which is why yeah. swindon fans are a little bit um a little bit disappointed to see him go, but they also, uh, his, his main appearances this season have come from the bench and a few couple of starts in the cup. Um, but uh, they they think they'll probably bring in uh, midfield reinforcements for their promotion charge in League Two. So they, yeah. they understand, I think, why he's, why he's left, but maybe not why he's joined a club that's struggling <laughs> quite so much. Yeah, I mean, it seems an interesting one. Say what you want about him as well. He's a cracking looking bloke. Do you know, he really is, honestly. <laughs> he really is a good looking guy. He, there is loads of wax in his hair, and I'm all for that. A bit of a uh, a bit of a good looking shit house is is everything that Talkie need at the moment. I mean, I, I didn't know that much about him, Matthew. I don't know if you did, but it certainly seems the sort of signing we need in very very dire straits at the moment. Well, we needed something to sort of bolster the midfield, but um, I'm always slightly wary of opposition fans or Swindon aren't opposition, but of other fans saying, "Oh, I can't believe we let him go." Oh, he's going to do really well for you. I've heard this before. It came from a Crystal Palace fan. No. <laughs> and it came, I can't remember who Max Sheath played for. It was I've heard Hull, this wasn't before. It? So I'm not getting, I'm not jumping around my living room quite yet, but you know, give him a chance. He, we need something in midfield because we don't really have much of a midfield at the moment. No, um, no. I don't think. Between you and me, I don't think Ryan Hansen has quite got it. Mm. He's not, and McGavin isn't really up to it either. So, you know, I'll I'll take anyone I can get at this stage. Really, we've got nothing to lose apart from our league status. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> that, that might slip away without a murmur anyway, mate. In fairness, mightn't it? So, who knows? I mean, I I certainly thought it was like I said, a step in the right direction. It seems to be that sort of uh, that sort of right move for the club, and having. We'll, we'll touch on the Oval Games in a minute, just after we've mentioned Chippenham. But to me, I think the big thing is we've been missing a player that can break those lines. And from what Swindon fans have said, that's something he can do. Like the biggest thing we were missing on New Year's Day was someone who could who could sort of make that killer pass or or sort of find that find that sort of you know shot going into the top corner or something along those lines. So for me, it seems like a step in the right direction. I'm looking forward to watching him. Um, so you just never know what will happen, and it could it could be a turning point. I actually think that the getting it through quickly is incredibly useful for Gary Johnson's PR, if nothing else, which I know yeah. he's going to be a big fan of as well. But um, getting it, getting it over the line quickly to show, because I mean, he, he made it painfully clear, didn't he, after that Yeovil game that that new faces are coming in. Um, he needed someone who, who comes on at least on a fairly good reputation uh, through the door quickly, and and as you say, hopefully he's the type of player. That, that can break those lines, as you say. Yeah. I, I know Yeovil have that player that I, um, the number ten, the Maguire True. Yeah, I, I mean, he's the, he's the type of player we want in, the, in a good one. Um, mm. But, <laughs> but uh, it, 
in terms of this signing, like it, uh, the 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 biggest compliment I think Swindon can give him is that they've given him a, his contract runs until the end of 2025. So they obviously wow. think he's got potential there. Um, and also, he did pretty well in the Conference South with Chippenham, didn't he? Which is kind of what we've been crying out for for ages, which is players proven it, if not this level, then at least the level below. So at least we finally got hold of one and not loaned some 19-year-old from the Barnsley under-23s again. Um, Matt, I, like, like, what do you think about it as a PR move, as a PR professional yourself? Well, I mean, I, I was expecting a classic Gary Johnson signing at... 2:15 p.m. on Saturday afternoon, and you know he's given us a good few days to well, go through this lad's Wikipedia page and check out check out all of his hairstyles over the past few I years. Think the, cl- the club clearly wanted to hit the news cycle of of the podcast, so it's good that they've they've got that. <laughs> they, they, do they have an inside man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I can't comment too much on on what I think of it as PR, because Gary Johnson's made it perfectly clear you're either with him or against him. Um, and I, I'm certainly not with him. But that's that's a, that's something we can get onto a little bit later on anyway. Um, obviously, we've got to mention it because uh, it's, a, it's the first pod since. Chippenham in the FA Trophy. Part of me, if I'm being honest, was sort of hoping we'd go out because I, I've really got not got an awful lot of time for that trophy. However, it is good to win games. It was spirited to come down from, from 2-0 down to against a team like that. For me, you should never be going 2-0 down to a team like that, but still good to to turn it round. But what do you think, Matthew? Um, we That's the first time we've beaten Chippenham, isn't it? Because we yes. lost yeah. to them both times in the season where we actually won the title. Um, I think they were... They were, the, were they not the game where we lifted the title? Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I think that was... They the beat game. us 1-0 or something. I think they? that was the game after we won the title. Ah, we won the right. title against Eastbourne. Um, but yeah, I think they were the only side to do the double overs over that season. Um yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've followed the game you know, mainly over Twitter, which largely exploded about halfway through the first half when we were 2-0 down, um, which was quite fun to read. But it's, it looks like, you know, we actually managed to turn it around in the second half. I don't, God knows what Johnson said to him at, at halftime, but he must have um, put a rocket up their arse. Um Certainly seems like that, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, you yeah, you can't read too much into it. I don't think you know you should be beating teams like that. But at least they had, they did have something to come out with in the second half and managed to get the result. You know, you'd be fuming if they didn't. Yeah, the, the one thing you can guarantee when you come back from two 0 down and win three two is that you're going to carry that form into the next couple of games and really roll teams <laughs> over. Gave them, gave them the confidence, didn't it? <laughs> it? Well, it did for the first half against Chauvel, didn't it? I mean, I, I was at that game. On, on Boxing Day and for the first first half I was thinking how on earth are Yeovil above us in the table because not even the sense that we've been that good they are terrible and I stand by that they are absolutely awful maybe one of the worst teams I've seen this season yet they've walked away with four points from us incredibly um, but that first half performance was solid it looked good we had chances that we should have taken that we didn't that maybe would have put us out of sight at two or three nil not that you're ever, ever out of sight when you're a Torquay fan as we as we all know way too well from, from years of supporting them. But, I mean, that Yeovil on Boxing Day, I'm just curious to get your thoughts because I don't know, you, you mentioned, Matthew, you must have said something brilliant to them at, at half-time in the Chippenham game. I don't know what on earth he's given them at half-time in the Yeovil game, but we came out sluggish and looked so far off it and we were lucky to even walk away with a point at the end. It was... I, it was... I thought we just... Um, we Well, we paid the price, didn't we, for not converting the fairly blatant chances which we had late in the second in the first half you know we should have been should have been 3-0 up it's not an exaggeration to say that and then you know you could see what was coming a mile off couldn't you well um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm shocked we didn't lose it to be completely honest oh I thought we were going to I thought we should have it's a brilliant save from Mark Holstead he made two or three brilliant saves didn't he to keep us in the game but yeah that, that game was an interesting one for me because I just thought it was it was two completely different sides either half and that's sort of the story of the season isn't it yeah, we we are unable to react when another when the other team changes. Like you know, when Yeovil were playing the way they were in the first half, they weren't any threat, and we were fairly comfortable. But they recognised that they couldn't carry on as they were. They made changes. Okay, they did have a player on the bench who could fashion something else, but you know, we we couldn't react to it, or we just didn't know how to. So it was. Unfortunately, as soon as they start, as soon as the second half started, you knew what was going to happen. 
And when the equaliser went in, it was the least surprising thing possible. The only <laughs> surprising thing is that when they didn't get the winner. But yeah. <laughs> um, it was such a dispiriting way to finish it. Um, and it speaks to the sort of lack of, complete lack of depth in the squad these days. I, I remember Johnson was talking before the start of the season about, um, obviously we had loads of time um, since the end of the last season, and that he wanted two players for every position. But, I mean, those, those days seem like a long time ago. I know the budget is terrible, but even so, you know, when you're bringing Ali Omar on as your rampaging left winger, <laughs> things, you know, things are not going well, are they? They can't be no, and I, I think that's that's testament to it. But the substitutes were bizarre. I thought I thought that Ali Omar substitution was weird. And you're right, there was no plan B. One Chauvel came out slightly differently, which it, it screams a problem for me, especially of a manager of that pedigree to not be able to to react to make that change like he did. Um, I, I don't know what you thought of it, Stephen, specifically of on Boxing Day. But it, yeah, I mean, I my question, Mark, it's the one going around in my head with the way that changed after half time was and perhaps put it to you two, was Gary Johnson unwilling or unable to change it? Or, like, did he did he rigidly believe that what worked in the first half was 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 going to come come right? Or could he just not see a way to, to weather the storm? I don't, I, that, that's what worries me, I suppose, as a fan, thinking about yeah. how that shift happened. Yeah, I mean, surely he's not naive enough, or maybe he is not naive enough to think they would have made, they wouldn't have made a change and tried to go for it in the second half. Or whether or not he thought they were going for it you know, hammer and tongue in the first half and it just hadn't worked. But I, I don't know, I, I get what you said about unwilling or unable, but at the same time, you know, this is this is a group he's been with for, you know, what, six months now. And it, he should have more than one system worked out on how to play them. He should have a system worked out on how to defend the lead properly. Yeah, but he doesn't. And, you know, I've, to the point, I'm pretty sure... The squad are being banned from owning dogs now because they literally can't hold a lead to save their lives. It's it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. It's Wait, no, stop, stop. How long have you had that line ready for, Will? Uh, I've been using it for, for weeks, mate. I've been using it for weeks, but I thought I'd drop it on the podcast so everyone could enjoy it. All right. I think I think the the depth point is is uh, well, it becomes even more stark over over a busy period of games over Christmas. Yeah. Uh, like I even I, I even look at I mean, I'll pick on a player who's, you know, has been all right for us. So, like Dylan De Silva, he's he's been all right. He's a he's a good enough kind of National League wing, winger. Yeah. However, like when we were in the playoff hunts, or you know, when we were when we had that season, um, bloody Simon Mather season, um, like I don't, he wouldn't have been starting for us. But he's a, he's a nailed on starter in this team, and that's mm. that's almost like the issue, isn't it? And that, like, Mark Halstead wouldn't have got near that team, but no. starts every week. Sean Donnellan, again, he's been pretty good in the last few weeks. I've, I've been a bit of a, a convert to him. Yeah, he but, was brilliant. Brilliant on New Year's Day. He was really good. But, again, wouldn't naturally get into some of those teams that we that we only had, like, two years ago. That, that's what's... It all comes back to that recruitment and budget, and, and that's... That's the the bit we'll touch on later when we argue about Gary. Johnson. I mean, I, I, but, but just I mean, even just getting into that a little bit now. What on earth are they paying Pete Johnson for? That's what I'd love to know. Because what, what on earth has he has he gone round with blinkers on when he's gone scouting last season? Because some of the dross we've got is is incredible. And I, I don't know. I just I, like I said. I think the problem is in that scenario at home on Boxing Day in front of four thousand fans with pretty shit away support. If we're being honest, four hundred yeah. on Boxing Day is appalling for how close it is considering they had a perfectly functioning roof and we didn't and took double as, <laughs> double as many but I, I don't know I just think it's one of those things where he's he's got to have a plan B and time and time again this season four wins out of 25 in the league we've seen that he hasn't um, certainly doesn't have a plan B when we go one nil down it just seems like that's the game and then definitely doesn't have a plan B where if if and when we go one nil up which seems rare I mean the only times you've sort of seen it is that the plan B is clinging on for dear life, which we tried to against Jovel and it didn't work. I mean, look at the, you look at the Dagenham game, for example, and that was that was just a case of weather in the storm, which we got lucky enough that we did. And that's going to happen a couple of times a season. There isn't an actual, genuine, rigid plan B for, for how to deal with these things. It's abundantly clear to see with the players. And this is what's making me question everything about what's going on this season. And, and, and Gary Johnson generally is that there doesn't seem to be anything in place to to address that sort of thing, and that again showed on New Year's Day for me. 
But I mean, yeah. um, you, on Boxing Day, at least, or at least on um, the New Year's Day, we had, um, it was Alice's last appearance, wasn't it? He's now gone. Yes. So, yes, that's that's another thing worth talking about. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I was quite excited when he came in because he came in with Nest, didn't he? Mm, and he and a couple of others, maybe. But although I don't actually know if he's actually improved the squad or not. I don't think <laughs> I don't think he really has, unfortunately. I think part I think there's limited amounts that just he can do. I think his experience is valuable. Maybe there's stuff off the pitch, you know, which is which is very valuable. But on the pitch, you know, we've still been shipping goals at times. Mm. And although now he's gone, I don't know who you have in the centre of defence. It's gonna be probably Omar, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I trust him more than Omar, but it's hard, isn't it? Because it's striking that balance between the player you loved 10 years ago and the actual quality of the player that's come back. And I, I found it quite hard to separate that because Mark Ellis was was brilliant for us when he played for us all those years ago, wasn't he? I, I'm not sure, what, what do you reckon, Steve, Steve? Did he improve us or was it, was uh, it a, a thought sort of thing where it's it's probably for the best that he's gone back? I, I think he improved us. And I, I, I realise I may be in the minority because... Well, I mean, we're still conceding goals at a race of knots. I, I don't think our problem is necessarily, you know, or in recent weeks, I don't think our problem is necessarily being in the centre of defence. I think it's, it's um, for me, sometimes it's kind of lack of energy in midfield and, and you know, shape almost sometimes. Um, for, for me, I would have, I you know, I would have kept him around. I know it may not have been down to us whether, whether he hung around or not. But and there's so many loan slots as well, isn't there, which I think might have played a part. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be interesting. I think how how Johnson sees the the shape going forward as well as 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 we said. I can't. I almost feel like he's been burned too many times with Omar. I can't see that he he sees that as a permanent central defensive solution. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was never um, meant to be, was he? I mean, I I I wasn't too displeased when he when he signed again uh, for this season because I thought he he actually turned out to be. You know, all right at the end of last season he put on some decent performances but nobody I think envisaged him as being a first team starter every week I think Omar is he's fine to have as a backup option on the bench a squad player but mm. his flaws really become noticeable when you know you're relying on him to be the rock at your defense and I think that's probably a sign of how far we've fallen this season that we're relying on him to do so the other thing is you can't help but bloody love him can you I, 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 that, that's the thing. I am. I am a Chris Ballard's school of thought in that I think he's a, uh, a top lad, and I genuinely, much the same as you, Matt. I, I thought, I thought it, he'd come on again this season. Um, in the same way, I mean, we we referenced it a few times. But in the same way, Dan Martin did, you know, where he looked dross, and then gradually, you know, you're like, hang on, there's a player there. I, I, I was kind of hoping that might happen, and I'm still hoping that might happen with Dylan Crow as well. Um, well, in the case of Dan Martin, there's certainly not a player there this season because we haven't seen no. him. No, hey, what's, <laughs> no what's no. happened to Dan Martin? Has anyone seen him? ACL, isn't it? Jesus, yeah, it must be. Yeah, I think I think it was. I mean, it's it's just. Uh, I mean, the, the injury record in itself is is horrendous, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, it's it's weird with Ali because I think he's one of those, like you said, you 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 bang on the money that you a good squad player to have around. I think a lot of people said they thought he was good on New Year's Day. I thought he looked a liability, and I don't know if that's just because. I've never really been. I've never been that trusted him at the back after that shambolic start to the season last season. But I, I don't know. I, I just didn't. He, he won a lot in the air, but there was a lot of stuff he did that the ref didn't pick up on. Like, I, there was a couple of points I thought he was lucky to get away without getting a card, and one one in particular where he's just dragged the player down on the edge of the area um, in the air. And if if he hadn't done, the guy would have been through. But there wasn't even a foul given for it. So I don't know. He, he's a lovable rogue, isn't he? But you. you we're going to need to see another centre half come in, surely. He reminds well, me of uh... with, with Omar. I think one of the issues is that is that let's say okay, people have differing opinions on how he played on New Year's Day, but let's say he had a good game on New Year's Day. You almost have to his inconsistency. You have to park that before the next game and almost yeah. start with the team set again and go, all right, yeah. all right, what Ali Omar have we got today? Like, which way is this going? Are we yeah, yeah hauling people to the ground? Are we kicking it into their into their central midfield, like what, what are you doing? You have to park your preconceived notions and act like it's a new player every game. Mm. No, absolutely, and I, th- I think it is going to need. Something. I mean, like I said, he, it, Johnson has acted quickly with, to get this signing in. I think a centre half and a centre midfielder are, are massively important. But is, is there any areas partic- 
hopefully you think we should strengthen. I think going forwards, I think with service, Jarvis and Goodwin can be brilliant. And I, I really like Aaron Jarvis specifically. Um, and I think Goodwin's done brilliantly this year. But they've not, they're not getting service. And it's just how you get that to them, isn't it? And how we can turn all these chances we get in, like we have done over the last two games, into goals. I, I genuinely believe a Jarvis Goodwin strike force is good enough for a playoff. It, it's it's everywhere else and and creating and they're both they're both sharp finishers. They're both you know they're both handy in different areas. Both not bad in the air. You know both can hold the ball quite well as well. And and you don't always get that with a player as young as as Goodwin. Um, I genuinely think that you know you could you could have a tilt at a playoffs with that strike force. It's 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 the it's the other people on the pitch that you it's can the, yeah, it's the eight others, isn't it? That are causing the I mean, it's, it's only where particularly you think we we also need to strengthen because one signing isn't going to cut it, Matthew, is it? In terms of what we actually need if we're going to stay in the division. Well, he talked about signings, didn't he? So, I mean, maybe I'm just being optimistic, but I'm expecting at least three signings, maybe four, or so before before the weekend, or at least before three o'clock on Saturday. I th- you need more midfield signings. I know this is, it felt like we absolutely packed the midfield. We've got about three million midfielders, but all of them are crap. Yeah, none of them, are, <laughs> none of them can actually do any sort of job in midfield. So, <laughs> you know, you can't be relying upon McGavin and Evans and, and Hansen, etc. You Maybe with the signing we made today, you know, he might be the sort of Lemon Hay Evans little character who can you know, link up, play, play the balls that others don't think of, because that's what they did. Um, yeah. You need, you need someone else who can feed off him. And you need, I think you need some you know, sort of Evans character who, Lemonhead Evans character, who can, you know, sit in that sort of hole between midfields and attack and, and you know, make things happen. Yeah, I, think, I, mean, I think we're fine with wingers. You know, you've got De Silva and and Wern, even though Wern hasn't been actually that good, I don't think. Um, but I think you need a sort of more defensive midfielder as well, because Hall can't cut it anymore. Um, his no, no, I think Lapsley needs that calming presence of a Hall character next to him, doesn't he? Yeah, the two of them um, great yeah. when they're fit, but they're not at all. You know, Lapsley hasn't been fit for ages. If he was, then he'd be starting every game, wouldn't he? But yeah. I, what I would love is some grizzled 35-year-old, preferably balding midfielder <laughs> who will just knock, you know, lumps out of the opposition and will guard the defence because they really need it. Because well, otherwise yeah. they are horribly exposed. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to get my hopes up. Don't you oh, think it, it might be... I, I, I mean, Hall's powers are waning. I think we can all, all see that, but... Do we need someone who, like, okay, a balding 35-year-old dickhead, I think is what you're asking for. (laughs) (laughs) A midfield guy, Branston, yeah. Yeah, well, do we need someone with more legs than that, though? Or or are you happy with a kind of, you know, sits in front of the back four, tells everyone to pull their socks up and get on with it? You know, See, see, my my argument with Hall working with Lapsley, and the only reason I think it it can still work, even though his powers are waning, is Lapsley will do all of Asa Hall's running for him. And that's the yeah. that's the beauty of it is that Lapsley's like a little terrier, isn't he? He'll just he'll just run him, run himself into the ground every game, and I think that's that can sometimes give Asa Hall the luxury of of you know dictating a little bit more as and when we were on the wall. Certainly, that's a little bit of what we saw um, in on on New Year's Day um, with with both of them. I don't think that's a that's a duo that can't work. But you also there is absolutely no way on earth you can even expect Asa. You can't even really expect him to be able to play two Saturdays in a row, let alone Saturday, Tuesday, like the fixture list can go. So it's it's going to be it's, we need another midfielder in there, and we need I don't think the experience head in there is a bad thing, but just a proper defensive midfielder like Matt said, who's going to protect protect that back four properly. It is what we need. Who will step in at the right time and who who, who you know can stood in front of Ali, someone like Ali Omar, turn around to him and say no, do this, do this, drop in, do that. And I don't think he's necessarily got someone like that at the moment when Asa Hall's not playing. And McGavin and Hanson just don't look up to it to me. Um, I've seen Milk turn quicker than Brett McGavin, if I'm being completely honest with you. It's... I, was, I, was so excited. I was so excited about McGavin before the season started. I was as well. I just thought he'd, I thought he'd be that, that presence, you know, um, spraying balls around, but it just yeah. hasn't... Like, like you say, 
you can't be that immobile in a in a national league of, <laughs> no. of kick and rush. You, you you can you can when you play for King's Lynn because you don't move because people just pop it round you and that's it, I guess, isn't it? But but <laughs> yeah, when you're playing for Torquay, you can't be. And you've got to wonder a left foot to be fair to him. I, I really do think he's and you see it sometimes. Some of the passes he plays, and certainly that that goal we scored against Hampton to earn us a replay in the FA Cup was was a wonder strike, wasn't it? And I think there are moments of magic in it, but he's just completely immobile, which is which is the problem, and that's why we need. But this, we, we can't be going on to a sixth or seventh midfielder of the season, still saying we need a midfielder. Do you know what I mean? This is this is the problem: is that the recruitment's been so poor that we're now having to. We're in January looking for a starting midfielder. We should have one nailed on by now. Uh, yeah, I still don't know what our best eleven is. No, I don't. I don't think anyone knows our best eleven, do they? No, Johnson certainly doesn't. I, well, I think that's it. So I, I was I was thinking about it before we came on. I, Gary Johnson doesn't know his best eleven, and we're in, you know, we're into January. I'm also not 100. I know we've kind of settled on the system a little bit, but I don't know if we're all convinced in in shape yet either. But I, like it just feels like everything's just a bit truncated. Nothing quite works. It doesn't work going forward. Doesn't work going back. It's all a bit off. Are you saying that you're yeah. against him, Steve? What was that? Are you saying that you're against Gary Johnson? I'm not in oh, well, general. No, if, you, if you are, you're against the whole club and shouldn't support us, Stephen. So just remember that. <laughs> just remember that, because that's what Gary Johnson thinks. Um, right, I mean, on, on, on to New Year's Day. Sorry, sorry Stephen. I didn't mean to... No, 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 it's fine. Let's do New Year's Day. I was just going to say, on to New Year's Day. It was much better than the first game. That much I'll concede, because I think it was... We were, we were pretty... We were the better side across the 90 minutes. I don't think there's too much getting away from that. Um, early, I mean, the first half was a terrible, terrible game of football, and it's. Uh, I don't think either team massively prevailed, but we were definitely the better side in the second half. So some good chances came out of the blocks, nice and quickly. But again, just uh, although there was so much of the ball, and we spent so much of the of the of the second half certainly in the opposition thirds, there was zero clear cut chances, absolutely zero. There wasn't one chance. You know, like the the typical oh. Go on! Yes! There was none of the, the first bit. There was none of the, oh, at all. We didn't even get to that. It was just speculative shots from, from 20 yards or, or a, a, ping, a ball pinging around in the area that no one could get their foot on. And it was, honestly, there wasn't one clear-cut chance that, that we could have had to take the lead. And Yeovil absolutely did us on the break like, like a kipper. And I think that was completely how they intended to play based off how they saw the first game when in in the certainly in the first half of the first game at Playmore, like that they knew that if they, they could pick us off that easily if we were trying to win the game, then they would. And maybe you know a lot of people saying it was a better performance. I'm even saying it was a better performance, but the scoreline doesn't lie at the end of the day, and that's still four points they've taken off us, which to me it makes it an absolute disgrace. I mean, I'm not sure what you two thought of it specifically. Well, I mean, I I didn't I didn't see the game, but. Um... Uh, I mean, would you say that uh, the the scoreline didn't reflect the performance, um, as as Don Mean might might say? See, it's hard because we didn't, like I said, we didn't actually look like scoring. If that makes sense, do you know what I mean? Like we, even though we had all the ball and the goals, they they picked us off a couple of times and got away with it. <sighs> maybe not. Maybe two 0 was harsh, but I don't think there could be too many complaints about. Yeovil winning genuinely because they, they had a game plan and executed it. And again, there was absolutely no plan B. I think, unfortunately, it's probably games like that that are going to get us relegated, isn't it? Yeovil, as you say, from the Boxing Day game as well, they're no great shakes, are they? They've got... They're terrible, mate. They've got a, they've got a few decent players. Maguire Drew is pretty good. Mm. And they're able to change the game when things aren't going their way. But, you know... The the promotion, you know, the, the the side which went to the playoff final a few years ago, or actually the side which went to mid table last year, would have easily dealt with this team. Yeah, and that's it, isn't it? That, that's exactly it. Barely a ripple, probably. And yeah, we just can't really. We make it so difficult for ourselves, mm. and it's such a it's such a hard thing to do to get even a point out of these games. And if you well, can't I get mean, a point out of Yeovil home or away, I don't see how you're going to accumulate the points necessary to get out of trouble this season, unless something radical changes. And that's hopefully, you know, where these new signings come in. But Yeah, I mean, 
I the don't team know. last year wasn't brilliant, and we still took six off them, didn't we? It was three 0 on Boxing Day and and two one away with that Dan Holman goal when I thought he was going to turn out to be all right. But I mean, it's that's it, isn't it? With there's just no massive spark of quality in that in that squad to make that change. I mean, Steve, I'm not sure what you thought of that one. Was it was it one you know on the balance? You think we, it's just one of those games, and you know you look forward to the next one, or or is it as many people thought? just the epitome of, of the shambles of the management at the moment. Um, so, I, again, I, we're a great podcast because I wasn't there either, but I watched the highlights back and it, it's... I know you can only get so much of a flavour on the highlights, but it looked like, like, like almost like you said there, Will, like, it, it looked like we were around them all the time. It looked like we were pretty, fairly dominant. I mean, the highlight reel is a, is a who's who of shots from, of, from 20 yards, to be honest. Yeah, um, it really is. <laughs> but it looked like we were on top. Um, and then, and then you get towards the end of the highlights, and they score two goals. Um, <laughs> it, 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 what, what, I, what I always come back to with this is, is it doesn't. I've seen us with some really. I mean, we've had some really dross teams, and and I mean, let's even just. I mean, you don't have to go too back far for for Gary Hours, and it, at least like uh, this is a very very small thin lining wheel, so you know silver lining. Like at least we had the capacity to hold the ball, which we haven't done in <laughs> we haven't done a lot of games. Um, granted, we've got no creative spark. There's that, like for, even from the highlights reel, you could tell like we were just kind of either you either try and knock it in the box or or you have a shot from twenty yards, and and those are your options. Um, so it's not a ringing endorsement by any means, but I've seen us with teams that don't work that 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 aren't. Um, Aren't aren't running the required amount? I mean, to be fair, are they trying to run, but they 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 can't bloody run. Um, and so th- I think there's there's still something there. Whether it's too late, I, I mean, I, I I do think it, it, some of his comments after the game don't do him any favors um, as a management team. Perhaps we'll we'll move on to that in a in a second. But I, sometimes in in football and in national league, sometimes you're unlucky and. Uh, you got to, I mean, we can't chalk up a first half of the season as being unlucky. We've no. been poor. Um, but again, I'm only talking from the highlights reel, but that game looked unlucky. But as you say, Yeovil were probably playing for it a little bit and that, that was probably their plan from the off, wasn't it? To kind of smash us late on. I certainly think so. Based off that first game, I really think that was the plan because as horrible as it sounds to say with us, at the foot of the National League. They probably realised in that first game they weren't going to beat us, you know, head-to-head, just going at it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But what they did realise is that if they came with a game plan and picked us off, that they did. And, and to be fair, they picked, like I said, they picked us off four or five times. And it could have been it could have been more. They did that throughout the game. Um, Holstead made a couple of good saves and, and there was a couple of good defensive blocks and all that sort of thing. It certainly wasn't, you know, all talky throughout the whole game. They, they, they had chances as well. And I think, like I said, maybe 2 0 is harsh, but at the same time, they, they came with the game plan and executed it. And, and Gary Johnson couldn't see what that was what they were going to do, even though they did it in the first half, in the second half, sorry, of the game on Boxing Day. It's exactly what they did on Boxing and, Day. And to be fair, it, it, it is like you said as well, in terms of the chances that were in the highlights reel, I mean, none of them you'd go, oh, he should have scored that. Like, no, none of them were that kind of level. We're like, oh, I can't believe he's missed. Like, nothing. Really no, comes no, to nothing mind of, when you nothing think about of the it. Simon Heslock away at Cheltenham on on the twenty eighth of December or what it is. I don't think anyone remembers that one where he started <laughs> it from three yards out. Still, never forgive him for that. Um, but yeah, no, there was there was um, nothing like that. Well, there that was no chances. There was there was nothing, and and that's what that's what worries me is that it's I, we could have played for. I generally believe we could have played for another ninety minutes and not scored. And whether or not Yeovil would have done, I don't know. But do you know what I mean? So it's all right saying you know. We have most of all, but if that's how Yeovil set up and that's how they they planned to do it, which I believe it was, it worked perfectly. Um, you know, and I, I think that's what that's what caused it. I mean, the pitch wasn't great; it wasn't a wasn't a great surface for football, but they still managed to score two goals, and we didn't. Um, and that's the bottom line. And that's what I just don't think is good enough. That there was no, there, there was no. Everyone saw it coming from a mile off in the stands, but yet the one person who was supposed to see it clearly didn't see it because there wasn't enough men back to cover when three men went racing through on the counter-attack. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's a little bit where the frustrations came from when t- once we went 2-0 uh, down, which I suppose we better get on to. Um, 
obviously there was some there was it was the first time I don't know if you two really heard it first time I've really heard actual vocal chants for Johnson to leave um, how vocal was it because I've seen people I've seen people saying oh it was it was it was only a few but I've heard also people saying that it was quite loud it was it was more than a few it was enough for Johnson to hear it and shrug his shoulders at us which I think that'll show you a pretty yeah <laughs> I, mean, I just thought that was embarrassing from from him if I'm completely honest I think I think everything about that day from Gary Johnson was pretty embarrassing if I'm being completely honest I think he really embarrassed himself in the post-match interview. He embarrassed himself on Radio Devon and he embarrassed himself by, by shrugging his shoulders at the crowd when they said they wanted him out. A manager of that experience and that level um, should be ready to take a bit of stick. Not that I think anyone should be prepared to take stick at any job. That's not what I'm saying. But at the same time, you know, you've been in the game long enough to know if, if the results are where they are, people aren't going to be happy. And he seemed shocked. that How dare anyone question the Royal Gary Johnson on, on anything? Despite the fact we've won four games in in twenty five, that seems that's that was the the air I got from it. If you know what I mean, like what do you mean? How de- why are you why are you saying this to me? And I think the back the comments after the game have backed that up. That this to me looks like a man, and this this may cause a bit of controversy, but this to me looks like a man who whose ego is too big to see what's going on here. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I think he's just beyond it now he, he, how can you turn around to the crowd and shrug when you're at the bottom of the table two nil down on new year's day and and, and act like that I, I just can't get my head around it and the only thing i can think is that is that he he can't, he, he physically can't understand why we want him out because he, he like i said his ego is too big to get around it that's genuinely what i think about it I, there seems to be such a disconnect between the club and fans this season. I mean, yeah. there's, there's always been to an extent because the club um, doesn't They've never been great, have they? No. You know, it, it, it never communicates with the fans, does it? We all know that. But there's also a complete difference between Johnson this season and last season. If you compare him, you know, last year, we lost again. Didn't we lose against Solihull pretty badly away? 3-0, yeah. Yeah, and he was spitting feathers after that. He was saying, oh, you know, you know these lads, they're going to have to shape up. Yeah. I'm going I'm to ship him out. This just isn't good enough for this club. And he was he was visib- visibly angry. But I haven't seen that at all this season. It's it's just, I mean, it doesn't help when the questions you're being asked are, oh, wasn't that good? <laughs> I do love Don B. I really do. I, 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 I love him. Yeah. But the questioning isn't isn't of a, of a journalistic standard, is it really? It's, um, it's, it's you know. not, no. I mean, um, when when you want him to be asking, you know, Gaffer, you've, you've won four games in 24, and then he asks, so the game's kicking off an hour earlier. This, uh, this <laughs> Is that going to make sense <laughs> to your preparation? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but, but, to be honest, Johnson isn't, he isn't motivated to give, you know, actual answers to questions. But... It just all contributes to that whole disconnect from reality. That I, none, I think, none of us know what is going on behind the scenes. None of us know what what Johnson actually feels. I'm sure he's he must be furious with some of the performances, but you wouldn't bloody well guess it, would you? Well, no, and that's what I mean by when you're turning around and shrugging at no. the crowd like that. I just don't think it's on. But go on, Steve. Well, that was so. I was. I, I think I'm less annoyed by the 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 post match comments around. You're you're either with us or against us. I, I was less annoyed by that than than some others, and actually more worried by the resignation that was kind of not not that he was resigning, unfortunately for you, Will, oh, but like Joe, don't the, the, like the kind of shrugging his shoulders, like <laughs> the, the the resignation in his voice, in the kind of well, that was the performance, and you know, I, uh, tricky to see what we could do about that. You know, like the the the, the it's like you said, like almost the lack of. Uh, well, that was shite. We're going to go again. Like mm. um, it was, it was, it was almost the the whole the whole post match press press conference was almost a, a shrug in there. Like, oh well, that that was the performance. Like, we'll have to we'll, we'll try and do better next time. Like, well, yeah. And with 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 Dom's questions, you don't get any any insightive answers around what you're going to do to fix that. No, it <laughs> doesn't. That that was that was what worried me more. Is 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 his attitude uh, in that post-match press conference, just not, yeah, not, not the, it, it was just a damp kind of, well, you know, it is what it is. We'll, we'll yeah, keep I mean, working, which I hate that comment whenever managers say it. Because look, 
Yeah, obviously you're going to keep working at it. I mean, what else are you going to do? Give up? Yes, you're paid to do that, Gary. Yeah, um, <laughs> and you know that it is really dispiriting. You know. I, I think that the one bit that, that really got to me as well, I mean, the, 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 you're either with us or against us. I know what you mean, you're saying, Steve, that I mean, maybe I've I've taken that a bit too literally and it's a bit, but I, I still don't think that's the right comment to make uh, when, when you ate oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a smart, I don't think it's a smart comment to make at all, but yeah, it was. 800 that fans stood in the rain and, and you're saying, you know, you're either with us or against us. No, Gary, we're very much with the club. That's why 800 of us are still following you at the foot of the National League. But it, it, it just seemed that, that that was a statement that wasn't on. And then I don't know if either of you watched the post-match interview, um, but when he was asked about the fans at the end, he, he said something to the effect of, well, you know, yeah, it was you know, good turnout, but they were sort of singing things we didn't really like. That's, yeah. I mean, that's football, Gary, first and foremost, that you're not always going to like what the fans sing. But also, that is not the answer you give with the situation the club's in and the support the fans are giving it at the moment. It's it's a really simple, you'll know all about um, it, Matt. The PR answer, thank you so much, 800 travelling fans. That was brilliant. Don't start criticising the songs that we sing because it's just, it, it, that's, it, what it really was, uh, uh, that's what really riled me up is that he's in absolutely zero position to be telling us what we can and can't sing when we're staring down the barrel of relegation that ultimately, I think the buck stop falls. You know, the, the responsibility stops at his feet. But sorry, Gary, we won't sing this song. Don't like us to sing. You know, that's that's what really pissed me off about it. I think only um, only Gary Johnson deals in absolutes, apparently. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I never thought I'd get to quote Star Wars on this. Yeah, podcast. you really do. You really do. I mean, it's it was. Um, it, sorry, it, Steve. It was. It was a. Again, I, we've already, I mean, Dom does a lot for the club, but that was a really dumb question to ask a manager who's just been chanted at as well. In, but, like, you don't yeah, expect to be tripped up by your own club media in that way. <laughs> no, but at the same time, like, he, look, I'm sure he's been chanted out of clubs before, if we're being real. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. sure there's many clubs. I know he was wanted out at Cheltenham um, and all that sort of thing. This isn't his first yeah. If it's Chris Hargreaves and his first thing of management or <clears throat> Kevin Nicholson or someone like that, you have a bit more truck with it because it's a young, raw and experienced manager experiencing it for the first time. This isn't Gary Johnson's first rodeo. He, he knows enough about this. And that's what just, I, I looked at that and thought, you know, he knew the right answer to that question. He, he knew exactly what the right thing to say would have been, but he couldn't yeah. like, keep it to himself, could he, what he thought? Yeah, um, I don't think, I don't think uh, he cared, really. Did he? No, and, he don't, and that's the thing, he doesn't care. And that's what, that's what I think, I don't even think, just about that interview we didn't care. I'm starting to think he doesn't really care about this. There's no fight. There's no aggression. There's no, there's no nothing. And obviously the questions come when people, when I'm saying things like this, you know, he should be gone, which I full 100% wholeheartedly believe he should be because, I mean, I would have sacked him off those comments alone. I think it's a disgrace to speak to your own fans like that um, and say you're either with us or against us. I've, I've borderline disgrace. That would have been it for me because it, you, you, you've got to do better than that as, an, as a manager who's been in the game for, what, 30, 40 odd years. But it, I, I just don't think he cares anymore. I, I just think he's past caring. He's seeing out his contract. He'll go and, and pick up a, a nice cushy job elsewhere, elsewhere, whether that be scouting or something like that. God, God help whoever he goes to. But it's just one of those things where I, I just don't think he cares anymore. He's not going to walk away from a... A, a, a hefty payout is he he's going to wait for the owners to sack it but they don't seem to to want to do that and I, I don't know it just seems to me he doesn't really care anymore that's that's what I got from New Year's Day yeah I mean the, he's not I don't think he's going to be sacked is he because if he was they were going to they would have done it ages ago you would hope so wouldn't you I mean I, th I think he earned enough credit in the bank almost to get this far really if you know what I mean because I think they, he did so much for the club that you sort of have to give him an, another one or two months credit and then he probably bought himself another month with the Derby game maybe and getting a replay and that, do you know what I mean? And I think there's certain things that maybe bought him extra time, but I I just can't see how it's going to change under him because I don't think he cares enough to to, to try and put it out of the hat. Mate, I, I hope I'm proved wrong, but I, I just can't see it under him and I'd, I'd be looking for a, for a new manager as soon as possible. If I, I think was. it's probably also now a bit too late as well to start looking for another manager unless they already had someone in mind and were able to appoint him immediately mm. you can't you can't be you can't be sacking a manager and then spending 
Well, we can't have an hours situation, can we? No, when it was God, between right. Nicholson and hours, when it was what six weeks or whatever it was between the managers getting appointed. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. But at the same time, that's their job. Do you know what I mean? That's what they that's what they've got to do because I can't. I I I'd, I'd, I'd like to know what you think because I can't see anything changing now. I think we're down and that's it if Gary Johnson's in charge because I, I like I said I don't think he cares and I don't think he, I don't know if he knows how to fix it. I think we I think we will get relegated because you know what does four wins out of 25 tell you it, you know teams that do that don't you know they're not going to be shooting up the table anytime soon you just can't unless we get some new signings in and they all turn out to be absolute world beaters and they turn out to be way better than any of the signings we've made in like the last two years then we might be okay I think it's I don't know how but somehow we're not cut adrift yet are we we're about I mean, it's the, the standards that terrible for five of the so teams bad. Bottom, isn't it yeah like scunthorpe at bottom you know, i know we're with 23rd aren't we also so yeah, how are scunthorpe how are we not bottom how bad are scunthorpe <laughs> it's because they got rid of um they got rid of aaron jarvis didn't they so, yes exactly uh, they've yes, lost exactly all that. his goal scoring ability exactly um, but my so <laughs> my one retort at the I think it always comes back to this for me. If if we were to get rid of Gary Johnson and he took over at Scunthorpe, I he like I can't I can see him doing all right. I can like uh, he can, I can see him being an energizer. So you can't you, I know you can't keep him for that reason. But the question always is who do we get next? And I have zero faith in our our no. board's ability to to appoint well. Um, I, I mean, I know they pulled it. They did pull it out the bag of, with what we needed with Gary Johnson, a, a, a manager who at the time was well above our station. Um, but I, I have so little faith in their ability to replace him successfully. It's, it's a. I think they'll be looking at it as a gamble. Like it's, it's the, the only thing you can do is, is, is like, it's like spinning the wheel again and just, and just hoping that you get someone in who just it clicks or whatever because. <laughs> we're gonna we're not gonna be able to get rid of the deadwood so the budget's the budget you've got to do what you can do with it um it's i i just struggle to see who that manager no. is that can come in and click it so, which which is why at the moment I, i'm still in the kind of cling cling it on for a little bit longer and no, just get it um, I mean, I'm, I'm because of... I, I struggle to see. I struggle to see where we go next. I have so little faith in their ability to replace him. I, I don't. I don't think it's fair to say he doesn't care. I think he's. I think he's obviously incredibly disappointed. And and I, that post-match press conference was concerning. But uh, I just don't. Yeah, like you say, it's it's difficult for a manager who's been in the game that long. I I, I think he just uh, didn't deal with it in the right way. I'm hoping anyway. That's not um, good enough, regardless. But I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It, it, is, a com- it is a complete yeah. gamble. But I think is it, I don't, if you had if you had gambled in a few weeks ago, I think it's it's better off to at least try something than to stick with something that you you know what's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. I, think, I I don't know who who the replacement manager would be. I, I've I've no idea. But you would hope. That there are people at the club, and maybe I'm placing far too much hope in the likes of George Edwards, um, that he <laughs> and others around him would at least know of someone or have contacts or connections or or whatever that, and that they would be able to appoint someone, you know, fairly quickly, and who would at least mm. know <laughs> what they're doing. Here's the. Here's the background fear. Because I mean, in, in PR, you've got to work to what's going to happen worst. So you get rid of Gary Johnson. The board hires uh, Graham Wesley. Uh, yeah. it, it goes shit. All it means is that morale goes through the floor because the players can't fucking stand him. Uh, and then we go down anyway. But you feel better because it's a strong disciplinarian at the helm. I, 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 I think you. Like, I think you. I, th- I, I get what you mean. I do what, get what, what I you're can saying. see from the. The current players, I, I like. I do think they're at least still working for him. Like it's it's shite, and then they're not good enough. But I, I under hours, I, I've just like it's so different in terms of like that is we were 
like one of the worst teams in the league. Whereas at the moment, I, 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 I'm still holding on to the, there's four teams worse than us. I, I think there might be, but yeah. it's going to be a lot tighter than I planned on it being. Yeah, I mean, my, my thing with the, with the who do you get in and what if we still go down anyway? What if it's a rubbish appointment? At least we bloody tried because this is not working. That's plain and simple now. There's no getting away from it. We're, we're past the point of it, this, this game's our turnaround yeah. for the season. We're completely past that point now. We had, we had the Oldershot game. We had the Dagenham game. We had the Derby replay as a chance for it to, to kick on. We're completely past the point of, right, this, the season starts today. We're past that now. There's no way for me now Gary Johnson turns this around. There's no way he does it. And, and, and that's just a, So I'd rather take a gamble on someone who might even if they don't. And I don't know who that person is, whether it's Graham Wesley, whether we can put some money behind it and get John Askey down, who's been sat by York, whether there's, whether there's a manager in the lower division who, who might fancy a punt at taking the talkie job, even if it means being in the conference south next season, someone who buys into the club and the idea. That, for me, is worth the gamble of going down because there is the, we are on the downward spiral. We have a one-way ticket to the National League South next season regardless so let's let's try and make a change and do something different because this 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 isn't working it's as it's as plain and simple as that now four wins in 25 games a manager who's who's making just pretty disgraceful comments after games that he shouldn't be making um and the shrugs at the supporters when they voice their opinions for me that's it you draw a line under it now and w- w- the gamble is worth way more than than going down with a whimper without Gary Johnson wondering what if. There's no point wondering what if and going down anyway. And it, like I said, I just do not believe well, it's around now. I just don't. No, I, I think what it, I mean from the signings we've already well the signing we've already made this week. I think it's clear the board have gone for a the only scenario that um, that can see us elevate. I suppose it is. Uh, a few, signings, a, yeah. few sign, a few signings that work and and hit the ground running. It's it's like a you know it's a hail mary kind of last shot. I, I think. Yeah. He, but but why are we giving he's him? He's going to get in a couple of bases and hope for the best. He's had two summers now to build a build a squad on a t- on these two three four year plans. And how many good signings have we made in the last two years? Generally, how many good signings have we yeah. made yeah. since yeah. we lost the playoff final? I can't. I'm, I'm really genuinely yeah. interested Recru- to think Recru- of what it's not. Maybe that's, that's Jarvis. Jarvis. Yeah, I mean, even then, you could, you could argue the jury's out based off off the the very little service he's had this season. But I, I know what you mean. But this is what I'm saying: is that he's had. I'd love to. I don't know the exact number of players he's brought in since we lost that playoff final. I, I don't know the exact num- exact number, but I, I'd, I'd almost guarantee almost 85 percent haven't succeeded. Or haven't done the job that they were supposed to do, and that for me is is, no. is problem number one. He had a great side when we went up from the National League South. He brought in a lot of great players. He did brilliantly to build on that and get us to the playoff final. But now those players have started leaving, and that squad's been stripped completely bare. He can't replace these players at all. To the point we're staring down the barrel of him undoing every single piece of work he's done over the last four five years. He's he's literally at risk of completely undoing everything he's done. And leaving us right back exactly where where he took us from, almost mm-hmm. as if it never happened. And that for me is is not good enough. And that's why a change needs to be made, and it needs to be made right now. Clearly, it's not going to be because they're backing in with loan signings and things. And mm-hmm. and that just shows where well, I mean, that's where the board are, isn't it? That they they'd rather pay for signings than pay off his contract. I think I generally think that's what it is. I don't know how much backing they you can actually have in a man who's won four out of twenty five games this season. I really don't, but. What a change is needed, and I think the gamble is worth taking because we're just we're we're going down with a whimper at the moment. I can only imagine that Johnson was seriously let down in the summer uh, by the lack of budgets because plainly there isn't one. I mean, maybe maybe. at the end, I I can only imagine that because the budget has been slashed from last season by the looks of it, judging by the players that we've brought in because. You know, I, I appreciate that it was it was never going to be as high. You know, Osborne was talking about in his only public statement, one of only two public statements um, says the playoff final. He said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that Gary's got the resources necessary to go and uh, get promotion next time." That was two seasons ago. 
obviously he had no intention of doing that. It was just something he said to appease the fans. My thing, and, my thing with this, just just to interrupt, sorry though, is that I know for a fact the the, the contract we offered Little Lewis and Evans were all upwards of of being our highest paid players almost ever. Hmm. I, I know, I know that the, the, those offers were made, and it would have that they were up in the late sort of 18, 18 1900s, edging towards two grand a week for those players to stay. Where's that money gone? And if he had that money, why didn't, if he had that money sought for them, why did it suddenly become unavailable for the rest of the way? If his budget is his budget, no? God knows. I think, I think Johnson's, unfortunately, he's made a rod for his own back and he did that fairly early on in this season because he made, he made several public statements, didn't he? Talking about how I'm very happy with the backing that the board has given me. Um, you know, we've, we've not had any issues. We've been able to go out and get the players we want. And, you know, unfortunately, now the board can just hide behind that sort of, those sort of statements and say, well, you know, we, we gave, we gave yeah, you... Well, look, if the wanted. manager said it, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I that's, that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, the board are never going to say anything, are they? They don't say anything. Can I, can, just, just for the record as well, can I say that this isn't, this isn't a just... I, I'm fully aware that the board's, uh, their hearts are not where they should be for the club. And I don't think the ownership is is in the right place for the club at all. I mean, not that I don't think, I don't think anyone else wants us either <laughs> the same, in the same vein, but <laughs> I, I fully know that this, I, I'm not just pinning this 100% on Johnson because at the same time, they should have made a decision and got rid of him sooner, in my opinion. And and they should have the, the, the set of bollocks on them to do it now, in my opinion. But I also know that you, you're probably right, the budget maybe isn't what it was, but that, again, Gary Johnson still hasn't said that. And I know he had the budget to offer three players bumper contracts in the summer. So I, I, I'm not but, saying the board are completely scot-free and, and get away with everything. So I don't think that. But my, my main question at the minute is with Gary Johnson. Maybe we're paying Brett McGavin but, to be honest. Of like, of course, Steve. <laughs> to, to, to be honest, like the, the budget may have been reduced. Well, I mean, to be honest, we'll, we'll never know. But I, I think we haven't got a bottom four budget. So, I, I mean, to, well, yeah, to this is it. Wheel side yeah. a little bit, we're not... It won't be a bottom four budget, but that's where we are, and we don't we don't look great. So it, I mean, I I I I do I completely take on board. What, like a, I'd have if they got rid of Gary Johnson, uh, I think you can't you can't argue with it really. I mean, I I, I know I may have backed him more than others on on this podcast, but it, I could you can't really argue with it if they were to get rid of him. It it, the, it goes back to summer recruitment. It wasn't good enough, and and then. We've we've scrambled around the loan market to try and replace them, and my one worry in terms of going forward is that we're we're trying to replace them again. But I worry how far down Gary Johnson's contact book we've got now because we've 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 gone back to a few. He's got to Swindon, you know. so I mean, if he's working his way south, we've not got many left to go, have we? I mean, we yeah. exhausted all of the Cheltenham 2016 squad last season, I think. Yeah, not any of them left. <laughs> Harry Pell. Someone call, someone call Harry Pell for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, Hibbs is too far as well, isn't it? That's where his son is. That's too far now. <laughs> that's 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 all that's got us out of trouble before. That got us Lemonade Evans and Andrews, didn't it? And Psycho Janna. Oh, and uh, Benji Kimpioka. Jury's still out on him, admittedly. Stephen yeah, Warren. I mean, you know I mean? If Kimpioka had knocked a few of those chances, we would have gone up. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about going down to the National League with Johnson now instead, I suppose. But that's a that's a very different story. Look, um, I, I think there's a there's a there's a general consensus between us, whether we agree or disagree on the manager, that something drastically needs to change, doesn't it? That's that's the be all and end all of it. I think this is probably his last chance, isn't it? All the these loan signings, you know, some of whom we have no idea how many are coming or who they are, apart from one. But we're pretty desperate, aren't we? And if they don't hit the ground running, then I think that's the last throw of the dice, isn't it? Because what more can you do? Yeah, I, I think it's the last throw of the dice. I will ask you, um, I will ask you guys, obviously, just before just before we wrap it up on the, because we, we could sit and, and debate Gary Johnson and the budget and the owners all night, couldn't we? But just, just to finish, obviously, it's Halifax at home this weekend. Um, obviously, an away game, it's one of the four teams we've beaten this season. Um, and looking back on it, one that we probably didn't deserve to win. But I mean, every game now is a cup final, isn't it? We we need to. It, this is a this is a must get three points 
if we're going to avoid relegation, just like every game is now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's another game where you can't... It, we're going to have to be at our absolute best to get anything from it, aren't we? Or, or we're just going to have to defend for our lives and hope that we can eke out a result. But, you know, who knows? We may have half a new squad by the time Saturday comes around. So, you know, I, I'd like to remain open-minded until... Yeah, fingers until crossed to be manager Saturday. as well, with a bit of luck as well. Uh, Steve, Steve, it's going to be one of them, like like Brad says, we're going to have to be at our best, aren't we? Uh, I think it, it has to be three points. I, I, I think a, a draw isn't really uh, good enough either. I think, uh, to be honest, I think I'd, like, I, I'd, lean in, I'd lean into what we're doing. Like, the defence is shite. The, attacks, the, the attack can score goals. I thought um, you were going to start a chant then. That's the defence is shite. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I go for a three-two win rather than a one-nil tepid defeat. Uh, is is all I'd want, but it's. It, I I do think it's got to be a it's got to be the three points, and I I worry a little bit about it. It is it Playmore, isn't it, or is it away? It is Playmore. Playmore yeah, yeah. I, I I worry a little bit about the atmosphere. Uh, if Halifax has to take the lead early on, I think it could turn a little bit sour. And that and and really turn to the the end of days as we've seen as we've seen for a few managers at play. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got my sharpie and my bed sheet ready, so obviously. <laughs> uh, and I know you think I'm joking, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> look, blokes, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure this evening. Obviously, I hope we win on Saturday. I hope we can turn things around and stay in the division. I personally can't see it, but you, you just never know. Forever the pessimist, I suppose. Um, Stephen, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, mate. Cheers, Will. And Matthew, thank you, mate. Cheers, mate. See you again. Cheers, guys.